Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Say yo. And then say yo. You know, there's a difference. Like yo is when like Evan Etzebeth walks in the spur and you walk up to him like yo. So, then turn to the person next to you and say, yo, you're a champion. I, I, um, if, you, if you're new to the life of the church and you don't know who I am, I'm part of the team that have the privilege of leading this amazing church. And, and we are so proud, and I am so proud of this amazing community. And it's such a privilege to be here. It's been costly on many levels, to sow, to release, to, to move resources, to find venues, all that stuff. Even the speeding fund I'm going to get from trying to get you earlier this morning is costly. <laughs> you get it too. There we go. Sorry about that. We'll go complain together. <laughs> uh, but um, but we so love what God has done here, and um, and we do it again in a heartbeat. Um, if God spoke to us and told us, because we believe it's who God is. He's multiplying. He's releasing. He's captivating. He'll he'll plant. He'll he'll move millions and billions of rands or people or whatever just to get one person. He'll travel across seas just for one person. Jesus will leave the shores of crowds on Mark 4 and Mark 5, encounter one demoniac, set that guy free, pour everything into him, and then leave again just to show his disciples. He'll leave the crowds to go for the one. We'll do the same. And and it's such a privilege to be. I want to thank you for all the effort. I know what it takes to set up banners and posters and drive around different ways and find different ways to do that and go to a bathroom sometimes that smells like deep heat. Although it smelled pretty nice this morning, I checked. And, um, yeah, there are worse smells in a male bathroom. And, um, but it, but it's such a privilege to partner with you. And I haven't been here for a little while because we've gone double serve at that side and been a little stretched, but God has been so kind. Just want to say thank you. And, um, it's such a privilege to partner with you. And today is, is part of that. It's more of that. I, I also want to say, following on from Mishi's testimony and being proud, uh, Mary Yeager travels up, buys plane tickets, or maybe if you're the HR manager of the airport, you get deals. I'm not sure, but, um, to Pretoria to sit in the kids' ministry the whole weekend to serve kids and then to fly back. And she's doing it again this morning in Pretoria. I don't know what the kingdom of God advancing looks like to you, but to a dad it looks like that. It looks like someone sacrificing to sow into my kids. You see, we went to Pretoria, and I've actually been traveling quite a bit lately, the privilege that it is, but it also comes with a cost. You've got to leave your kids behind. And um, I've left them a lot lately. But this weekend, I got to leave them with special friends. I left Ben with the Pilkingtons, who the Friday before, I buried their granddad. I did the funeral. And I got to leave my most caring, loving son in their arms. And he just snuggled and held and prayed for Darren the whole weekend. You see, they have their own ministries. Don't protect them from the gospel. And 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 Daniel goes, and, and he's the only person allowed to snuggle Keith Hickman in Keith's Lazy Boy. To the point that Keith will even sit on the other chair so that Daniel can have the lazy boy. Because your kids have life to them. And he'll use them. Don't overprotect them. Don't know why I'm saying that, but God's doing amazing things. I, I want to tell you about the kindness of God. I got to minister last weekend at a church called Link Church. I've never been there before for a church service. I, I got to preach there and it was a great privilege. But you see, years ago, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, I left a job that I'd worked really hard for, a career that I'd sought after and, and put my heart and soul for years of study to go for something in that company called Unilever. 
And um, I, I went to the MD of that company to tell him I'm leaving. He said, where are you going? And he's Dutch. He says, where are you going? You know, he's like, a, and um, he looked like the archer's Aquaman. And um, I said, Case, I'm going to work for a church. And he tried to convince me and do things. And then he said, ah, oh, go get it out your system. I'll see you in two years' time. And I understand where he's coming from. But then I got to preach the gospel in Durban last week. And in the first service, three amazing people gave their lives to Jesus. In the second service, there were about 15 people. And um, in the first service, the one lady, I could just see God was all over her. So I went up to her afterwards. I started praying for her. I had a, a word of encouragement for her. And um, she was weeping, and, and God did stuff in that moment. And then another lady comes to me and says, hi, my name is this lady. I said, oh, I remember your name. She says, yeah, I was one of the directors at Unilever. So I'm like, wow, that's amazing. We're talking, talking. She says, I remember you. You worked for this lady. I remember what you did in this project. Yeah. And she says, do you know who that lady is? I said, I've just met her. I know her first name. And that lady is the wife who comes to church for the first time of one of my directors at Unilever. And now all those salvations were amazing. But for me, it was a little gift of God. Saying, I've got you, every seed you've sown, I will bear fruit in places you never thought possible. And I'm kind that way. Flip, I'm crying already. <laughs> I haven't even started my notes yet. Shut up, Phillips, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, tissues. Thank you, Mish. Proud of you, eh? Proud of you. My heart was very big seeing you on that big stage. And I know that they're big dreams, but I also know we serve a big God. And I'm very, very proud of you. And um, Hudson Taylor said that God's always advancing. So we're doing a series called The Advancing Gospel. Can you say, reach far? Reach okay, we're going to have to do this a bit more. This is Milnerton. We don't, we don't mess around here. Can you say, reach far? Reach far. Raise up. Raise up. Release, wide. Release wide. And uh, Hudson Taylor said, he is advancing. He is working to advance his grace in us, his gospel through us, and his glory by us. What a privilege we get to partner with the King of Kings. As He advances His grace in us, His gospel through us, and His glory by us. He, he pulls us into a story. He says, I want you to be of a story that is an advancing story. And I'm telling you, too much of the church is on retreat. Because of politicians' words, we're on retreats. Because of economics, we're on retreats. And God is reminding us that my gospel is an advancing gospel because I'm the king. I've got the end game in my hands. I'm in control of every detail. And I'm calling you and I'm commanding you. See, God can command. We generally don't command. But God can. He commands us to advance. And he reminds us to his words. He says, I pulled you into a story that has no neutral gear. Gabe's preach about that much. He's got no neutral gear. There's forward or backwards. And you choose. And I'm telling you, there's a response in the gospel. And for the next few weeks, this is called the advancing gospel, but this is also our vision and our mission as a church. I want to remind us and I want to massage who we are. And for three weeks, we're going to talk about reach far, our mission. Raise up, our mission. Release wide, our mission. And then on the fourth week, I'm going to speak about show me the money. And I'm going to tell you how we spend the money. Why? Because our money should go where our mission lies. Our money should be invested. And as you give, I don't want people giving to say, hey, I'm just giving because if I don't, God's going to sort me out. Flip no. That is so low. We give because we partner in a gospel that is advanced. And we give because he is glorious and he gave his son. And we give because we get to become givers. You see, too many of the church take John 3.16 and they go, oh, for God so loved the world that he gave. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm embarrassed, and that doesn't happen often. <laughs> wow. 
It's been a long weekend. Oh. Okay. But they stop at gave. Why? Because they keep coming back to the God who gives. And he says, hang on. I gave you life. I gave you salvation. I've given you every ability to partner with me in the gospel. I've called you to be a part of that story. Now I'm calling you to become a giver. And when we just stay at he gave, we forget that he sent out to partner in the mission. Which is the greatest privilege we have. It's the greatest privilege we have. I love the privilege of being a husband. It's, it's outstanding. I love the privilege of being a father. It's incredible. But there's no greater privilege than being in, in the dance of the Trinity, advancing the mission of God. And it pulls me into a bigger story and it makes me bigger. And it takes my little T-Rex arms that don't want to stretch out to those with dirty hands. It takes my little T-Rex life that doesn't want to open itself to people who are different to me. It takes my little T-Rex heart that doesn't want to open up to become like God as a giver. And he says, I want to make you like God who reaches from heaven to earth so that heaven could keep touching earth. That we get pulled into a glorious story called the kingdom of God. Ha! Mm, I'm excited. See, you ask the question, surely Mark, every church has the same mission. Yeah, I agree. But we don't all have the same sections of the wall to build. And Nehemiah gets a wall to build around God's city. He says, you build this section, you build this section. So actually there can be different strategies. And how you plant church and build church and do church in China is different and to here. And it's different to America. And that's okay. And it can be different to, uh, I pray for every church in the city. I was driving out this morning. I started praying for View Church Milton because I know them and I love them. I said, God, bless them. And I'm, I'm telling you, God says, actually, it is different, but every section, if it's also important what you get saved into. Dudley Daniels used to tell us it's, it is important what you get saved out of, but actually, it's also important what you get saved into. Because as a local church, we have a mission and a mandate, and it looks like something, and it looks like reach far, raise up, and release wide. Simple. I want you to get it. I want you to own it. I want every person, including our kids, to be able to own the statement that we would understand, and they could remind us when we start getting T-Rex that my five-year-old can tell me, Dad. See, my five-year-old was the one who the other day, when he, actually it wasn't, it was my seven-year-old, watched a video at school about little kids in Africa who've got big bellies because they're hungry and they don't have food. We're sitting around a dinner table, and, and we've just watched the movie Jesus, about Jesus, I forget what it's called, Son of God. And he says to Kenz, he says, Kenz, Mom, <laughs> yo, Candice, he says, um, uh, says, Mom, there's all these kids, they're hungry. Yes, boy. He says, Mom, why don't we just send Dad to Africa? She says, what do you mean? He says, no, Jesus prayed for a little bit of food, and then there was food for everyone. Can't we send Dad to do a miracle in Africa? See, he reminds me that we aren't called to be T-Rex Christians. We're called to be reach far, raise up, and release wide Christians. Wherever he's got us in our job, this is not the preacher's job. It's our job to advance the kingdom of God. It's your job every day of the week. My job, I'm just, someone told me this week, and it's not my analogy, but I think it's brilliant. My job and Gabe's job, we just put petrol attendance. Diesel for the diesel guys. But you come here 30 minutes of a week, and our job is to pour into you the best fuel we can from the word of God. And in that, we want to show you who God is. We want to remind you who you are and remind you what the mission and the mandate is. And then we want to send you out to rev. To rev. And then you come back after you've refueled every day in his presence as well. And he's fueling up in the presence. We come back together. And my job, I'm just, welcome. Let me fill up your tank with what I've got to give you. Because it's very little compared to what he does. 
But please don't abdicate advancing the kingdom of God to a preacher man. It's so small. God calls us to his mission. And I want to tell you, part of that mission, part of those statements, and when we get it and we start understanding and we start explaining why we're doing things in the light of that, it's because actually we give up some things we love for the things he loves more. We give up. I, I know Gabe and Fee. There's, there's comforts, loving comforts, and not having to set up and not having to move venues. We love those things. But actually, some of you wouldn't have received the life of God if a whole bunch of people, including those amazing people over there and those incredible people over there, hadn't said, we'll discomfort ourselves so that others could find themselves comfortable in the love of Jesus Christ. And we're going to keep doing those same things. You see, it's important that we get vision and understand that we are part of an advancing gospel because when we get vision wrong, we're in trouble. How do I know this? Watch Under 7 Rugby. Watch Ben's first rugby game. He didn't touch the ball, but it was awesome. But one kid did touch the ball, and that kid heard his dad say, when you get the ball, boy, you put foot. To be honest, it was probably in Afrikaans. But um, this kid got the ball, and he put foot. And his mom was screaming, and dad was screaming, until everyone realized he was going the wrong way. And he ran with all his might, the ball as big as his upper torso, and he dived, and he scored. Try, fortunately, in rugby, you can't score an own goal. But when you don't know what the try line is, you can put all the effort in. You can work it hard. You can run as fast as you can. But we can get it wrong. We need clarity on where we're going. You need it from us as part of your leaders. But together, we need to own it and run in the right direction, putting and making sure our energy and our efforts is used effectively and poured into more. That's why in week four, we are going to do the show me the money. I want you to know where the money goes and how it is spent and how we advance in the gospel through every cent that you give us and how we work incredibly hard to make sure every penny turns over at every level. I think that's important. And I trust you do too. I want to tell you that it's not, it's not um, settled in that. We have a, a slide. Maybe we could pop it up. It's part of a bigger story. Um, next one, please. And, and so our mission is reach far spiritually. We want to reach those who don't believe in Jesus. You know that? How miraculous is that? We want to those, reach those who believe in something else. Like Allah. Like false idols. Like Self is God. I want to reach them. Why? Because everyone believes something. And I'm telling you, it's only in believing in the name of Jesus Christ as our Savior that there is eternal life. There might be life on this earth and other things, but I want eternal life for my friends, family, and the nations of this world. And I want to reach them. And then I want to reach people. And please don't tell me, Mark, that's arrogant. To assume someone needs my religion. It's not. Not if I believe what the Bible says. The Bible says heaven and hell are real. The Bible says eternity is real. The Bible says the love of Jesus Christ is better than anything this world could ever come close to. I'm not arrogant. I just believe. And then he says, geographically far. Why do 33 people, Mish, go to Mil- And there's about 1,500 people in the room at the call conference. 3,000 was close, but it's good. But 17,000 people at the call. And, um, but... Uh, but but the, about 33 people got in cars and planes and buses to go be, and it's just Pretorius up the road. I've had friends go to the weirdest places so that one person gets saved. And God has sent some from the weirdest places like Zimbabwe so that other people can get saved. God is not a respect of borders or boundaries. He says he wants to send somebody. I'm telling you, some of you need to get in cars just to go. Some of you do. Some of you drive from Camps Bay and to come here. And every time you get in the car, the gospel's advancing. 
you don't even know it. To, to demographically for rich, poor, white, black, colored, everything in between, God's story has no boundaries and he wants to keep building something that looks more like heaven than earth. Where young women who might be single at this stage are rising up into everything God has for them. Why? Because demographics don't matter in the kingdom of God. God is restoring all things and releasing. He says, actually, part of that we're going to risk. To reach far is a risk. To stretch yourself out like that. That's why the cross is the most exposed position you can be because everything is vulnerable. And where the T-Rex position is nice and safe because I can keep my, rest, my, my ribs safe. God says, I haven't called you there. I've called you to be like Jesus. Where everything's exposed. And risk is real. Why? Because God wasn't risk averse in sending his son. Maybe they weren't crucified. He knew what the sacrifice had to be. And then we're going to raise up discipleship and leadership and care. Making You've heard the care strategy, but releasing carers to, to make sure that actually an army of people to, to release and heal an army of people so you can release an army of people for effectiveness. And lastly, to release wide, where the kingdom is greater than church, where the world is greater than our suburbs and the safety of our suburbs, and where risk is greater than safety. We're going to speak about that in the next few weeks. I want to jump into today, which is Reach Far. But I want to tell us and remind us that God has not called us to go to the church or go to church. He has called us to be the church. And in being the church, we are being like God. That's why it's important that when people arrive, we host them well. Why? Because it's a representation of God. That's why I bring energy sometimes, even when maybe physically I'm quite tired. Why? Because my God has never lacked energy. It's not falseness. It's my ability to bring his best and his ability to sustain that. And in doing that, I'm partnering with the King of Kings in a glorious story called the Advancing Gospel. And he pulls us. And I, and, and, and I heard this other day. That, uh, what's, what was the only thing that took the attention away from the FIFA World Cup? Anyone remember? On the news. It was all over the news. Twelve little Thai kids sitting in a cave. Somebody find me, please, because I'm lost in a mountain four kilometers underground. And I don't know how I'm going to get out. And the world went mad. See, 67 people died in a nation the other day. And millions died there, but the world got captivated by 12 little kids sitting in a cave. And the greatest rescue mission this world's seen in collaboration as Elon Musk starts throwing his technology in. And America starts throwing millions and they're sending Navy SEALs in. And, and, and a man dies trying to rescue these kids. See, it's costly. But here's when I remind you, and it's not a financial statement only. It's an everything statement according to the gospel. It's not what it costs. It's what it's worth. See, and the amazing thing about the gospel, and every time we start counting the gospel, and every time we send, send on an EFT gift or we give someone money. See, I gave someone money last week at, at a church that I went to. And she came back to the evening service just to tell me that uh, her husband beats her. And he steals her money, and the kids have to walk eight kilometers to school. And the money I gave her was enough for a month of lifts for her kids to school. And I didn't know that, and I didn't need that story. But when she told me, it starts making my arms, my heart, and everything want to just be a part of a God story. I just want to be a part of a God story. I just want to reach far. I want my life to reach as far as God could have it reach. However that looks, if it's preaching the gospel or my kids going to school in other suburbs so that the gospel can go, I don't know what it looks like, but it all looks like reaching far because when I look at Jesus, that's what he did. He left the perfection of heaven 
And he reached us where we could not be saved or found, sitting in our squalor, in our sin and our brokenness, with no way to the Father, like 12 kids sitting four kilometers into a cave going, how do we get out of here? And the world goes crazy. You see, it's not what it costs. It's what it's worth. The amazing thing about the gospel, the price has already been paid. Price has been paid. And when we keep counting our cost, we forget his cost. Because unless you've died on a cross at the hands of your creation, you can never pay more than he paid. Because the Father knew what the perfect sacrifice was. My challenge and our challenge is that isn't this every church's mission? And again, I'll tell you, we get stuck sometimes on some of these things. And God says, I want you to be a giver. And, and Chris Vinant, a couple of years ago, was speaking to me and he mentioned, you don't know who Chris is, that doesn't matter. But um, he spoke about this book called Blue Ocean Strategy. Some of the business guys read it. It's the strategy. It's a marketing strategy saying everyone's spending millions of dollars marketing their companies to an oversaturated market. Why not take a risk and go into the blue ocean? Look beyond where everyone else is going. Have creative strategies. Risk. It's like sending trawlers into the ocean. All the trawlers are trawling in the same areas of the ocean because it's safe. And their trawlers won't get risked by high weather. And the fish is just getting totally, totally exhausted there. He says the guys who are actually breaking through, the guys who are going outside of those red oceans, they call them, into the blue oceans, the wide open spaces where there's risk. And their trawlers might get in trouble, but there's lots of fish. As a church, we believe our mandate is not to fish for believers. We are fishermen of men. But my church and my man, if you came here from another church, that's awesome. We love you. Get a part of the mission to fish for those who don't know him yet. And get a passion for that. And allow it to burn deep inside of your soul. Because that's been the biggest thing I've had to repent of since I moved to Cape Town. See, I was in a church for 20 years. I was in leadership of that church for almost 11, 12 of those years. And I found myself on my knees before God, repenting for a long time. Because I didn't truly love what he loved. I love what he thought he loved because it was convenient and easy for me. Until one day, he takes me into the home of a prostitute with her pimp there and her husband at work. He says, I'm going to show you love in the worst scenarios. I'm going to teach you how to love my people where your little T-Rex arms don't want to go and your feet don't want to go. I'm going to take you because you have no choice because I need you to see what I love. And that family is in England now. Ten years later, their daughter's 11 years old. I know her well. And that day I walked into that home, she was nine months old in a room upstairs where her mother prostituted herself so they could stay, sustain their lifestyle. Take the limitations off. I'm a white kid from suburbia Durban. I never thought I'd be in the home of a prostitute kicking a pimp out of the house. And yet God says, I don't care what you respect. I don't care what your comfort zones are. Why? Because I'm pulling you into a gospel of reaching far. See, the challenge is that people won't come to church, then the church needs to go to them. So we believe and we know that 80, the stats are telling us that around 85% people who claim to be believers, that the deal was done at church on a Sunday. So church is still important. So how we do church is important. The standard of communication, the standard of worship, God's working hard to become better. It's important that we are getting better at these things. Why? Because when people walk in, they don't see it like they're home. See, when I go home, and a bulb's out, it can stay out for three weeks. It's still my home. But when I pitch up a church, and I have a lens of a visitor who's coming, and the bulb's out, they say, maybe the preacher didn't pray this morning. See, if he didn't prepare the house, why would his heart be prepared? Maybe the worship leader just got a set from someone else. Maybe this isn't real. 
Maybe it's just a show. Some reasons why we do what we do. Because I'm telling you, it's exhilarating to partner in the gospel. It's daunting. I got saved into a church. A bunch of hippies who encountered God. Literally, that's what the church was. And then I fell in love with Jesus. And I thought, these guys have got something. So I want to do what they're doing. And they said, you know, if we're doing a Friday. I said, awesome. We're going to the beach. I love the beach. All my mates are at the beach. Let's go to the beach. North Beach. Let's go. I said, what are you doing? No, we're going to have worship and preach the gospel. Um, I think I'm busy doing something. So you go to the beach and the sunglasses are on and the caps on and you're at the back. I love Jesus. I'll, do, I'll die for Jesus. Because my mates are sitting at Joe Cools if you've been to Durham and they can check me. And God says, what are you doing? As a young man younger than me, Johnny Pretorius with curly blonde hair starts worshiping. And I'm going, God, too small. Reach far. The caps have to come off. The sunglasses have to come off. The courage has to come. Why? Because my mates need Jesus. And I've had the privilege of leading all three of my best mates to Jesus. At different times and different moments. And it didn't happen the first time I met them. You need Jesus. No, that's not how it went down. A couple of points why this is important. Number one, they want him. Who? Jesus. They want him. They don't know they want them. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They have been blinded. But when the blind comes off, all they really want is Jesus. Why? Because he's their healer. He's their hope. He's their redeemer. He's their savior. He's their lover. He's their friend. He's their sustainer. He's their resourcer. He's everything they need. Wrapped up in love for them. They want him. They just don't know it yet. And our job is to bring them to him, to to get close, to love them. We can't love people from a distance because Jesus never did that. And Carl Lenz challenges the church. He said, proximity creates passion. When you come close to someone, you become passionate about their passions. This young man is passionate about golf. And so is that young man in the pink and blue over there. And together they banter on my WhatsApp all day about golf. And about the PGA Championship and who's going to win. But I come close to him. I love what they love. When you come close to Jesus, you start loving what he loves. And see, the problem is distance creates distortion. When you're not close to someone, you don't really know what's going on. So it's very easy to think it's not real. And our job is to be close with the world, to get our hands dirty and messy in the world. And let me tell you, and I need your prayer because it's 20 to 11. Ten minutes ago, a service started over there. Two people named Nikki and Sebastian walked into. Whose daughter was in my kid's class two years ago. Who Ben loved. And we started to pray for. And we had to dinner and went for breakfast with them on days I was very tired and didn't want to see anyone. And then we had a ladies' conference, and she didn't come on Friday night, and I was broken. On Saturday, she came. And this amazing lady sat and prayed with her and loved her. So she came to the, the ladies' groups, be that girl. And now a Polish Catholic who has no desire for happy, clappy church is walking into the doors, and I'm going to get to preach the gospel. Anyway, you've got to get your hands dirty. Don't hide behind the walls of the church. It's too safe. It's too small. We were made for the high seas. We worship the God who spoke two words to the stormy seas. He just said, be still. And the waves settled and the wind stopped blowing. That's who we worship. So don't be scared of the storm. Because he's higher than, he's greater than. And they want him. They want him. Your rich, arrogant neighbors, they want him. 
The people you think would never want him because they got everything. They want him. And I remember a man named Clifton Smithers who was a year ahead of me in the corporate world. As I entered the corporate world, I knew him from joling days. And we got there and he was a joller. So I just lived my life and I went to church on Sunday. I went out and Cliff had the money. You know Cliffy. Until one day he encountered Jesus. You know the tragedy it was? It wasn't me who told him. And I worked with him every day. You know what he did? He came to me and said, why didn't you tell me? Ah, I thought you were too cool. You weren't really low-hanging fruit after the 16th Sambuca. We keep going for the low-hanging fruit. We, st- we, we drive around like we're looking for someone to stand on the streets going, I need Jesus. Oh, I'll tell them. Now, Jesus left the crowds to go to a demoniac who's cut himself and he's dirty and he's kicked out by his own people to go back to the crowds. Why? Because he needed to show his disciples who go for the worst of the worst. Number two, I want to tell you, we are under his instruction and authority. Matthew 28. Then Jesus came and said, all authority, all, say all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Oh, don't preach here because they're not allowed in government, say don't. No, the, the kingdom of God is advancing more in the oppressed nations of the world than it ever has in the free world, by the way. Thank you, Jay. Therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go. The essence of the gospel and the mission of God is go. The essence of coming to church is not come, it's go. And he pulls us into a story. And he's going to place prostitutes and pimps in your life. And he's also going to place some beautiful people who arrived like ready-made Woolworths chickens. And God says, all of them are my people. All authority I've given, not teach them how to live a life so they can go. Number three, it's who God is. And I don't have a lot of time to preach this, but I'm telling you, God invites us into his story. We don't make God into our story. He says, actually, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit got against it. They have no way to move forward. So we're going to come up with a way. And even though we are perfectly equal, we are going to enter into an economy where, where Jesus, you're going to go and you're going to die on a cross so that the Spirit of God could be placed inside of mankind for the mission of God. And one day we'll get to heaven and we'll see that actually they're perfect in all ways together, but they play different parts to see the kingdom of God come and they say, come, be a part of our going story, our reaching story that reaches the ends of the earth. And Jesus says in, 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 in John chapter 20, it says, again, Jesus said, verse 21, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not to entertain us at church or at life group. The Holy Spirit was given by the breath of Jesus for the mission of God. And I'm telling you, we grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit when we go further from the safety of our living rooms and the church walls. Because we learn to work with Him. We don't go and to just be entertained by Him. God's calling us to go and to grow and to grow in our relationship with God and His moments. See, it's not that hard. God is with us. I think, oh, you don't know my best friend. No, no, my best friend literally did play All Blacks lock. He's six foot six. No, you didn't. Go. Sorry, go. Awkward. I didn't even lead you to the Lord, so that's also awkward. So there's that. But he's six foot six. He's massive. But at one in the morning after night on the jaw in Durban, I got to sit in my lounge and tell my best friend the gospel of Jesus Christ and why he needed Jesus in his life. 
And at about 2 o'clock in the morning, we're standing in the kitchen weeping. As my other digs mate walks into the kitchen for some water, looks at us and goes, okay. <laughs> and leaves. Awkward moment. But a moment I'll never forget. I want to tell you a couple of things about our mission as a local church. We're not in competition with a single church in this city. Not one. I pray for the churches of the city all the time. What you don't know is Dino from View Church Plant Church in Tigerberg. We took all their pastors out for breakfast to the most expensive place in our area. Why? Because we wanted them to know we back them, we support them. And when one of the, my favorite ladies in our church came to me and said, we actually need to go to church. There's a church planting. And, and what do you think of that? I said, you will be such a blessing in that church. And Catholics and Methodists and whatever God's got story. I want whoever preaches in the name of Jesus. I don't care what our differences are. I want to celebrate what we have in common. And so I'll honor and celebrate and say, God bless them. Because I'm not in competition with them. Why? Because there are seven something billion people in the world. And I'm telling you, most of them aren't in church. By far, most of them aren't in church. And when we give our energies and our efforts to making sure Christians stay in our church, yes, we are missing the mission of God. Now, if you came from another church, it's awesome. But God's telling us, there's a big story out there. They're right across the road. I want to tell you a couple of things that our comforts and preferences bow their knee to the reaching mission of God. Church has struggled with this. We, we like our preference. Oh, and they don't want drums. And we don't have amplification. That was a problem. And everything was a problem. And God said, I'm going to keep you moving forward. Why? Because there's a world to change. And the world's changing faster than the church. Are, and I need you to see that the mission has to change in advance. And we're going to line up our mission. But under a mission is the liberty and the freedom to have strategies to impact the world that can look different. And they might not be perfect. But God says, I'm going to give my church some license. I'm not going to tell them exactly. He could have put a mandate of what Sunday meeting should look like. But he didn't. So it gives us space and freedom. Last one on that is, is, is Sunday is important. And these moments are important. And I want to tell you, if you haven't received the love of Jesus and you don't know what I'm talking about and you feel like you're outside of what I'm talking about, this whole thing is for you. It's not for these Christians. They're going to spend eternity with Jesus. This whole thing is for you. Those guys who came earlier set up, it's for you. These guys who practice, it's for you. My hours of prep, it's for you. So that you would know him. And lastly, if you heard me ever celebrate salvation in church, we say no cricket claps. What do you mean? Good shot, Bob. A little tender cricket clap that no one actually means. No cricket claps. Why? Because one salvation comes home and the whole of heaven rejoices. And one, you, one of my boss's wives, well, he's only got one. That wife gives her life to Jesus. And the whole of heaven rejoices. Not just me, because I've got a link to it. Eternity is real. Hell is real. A demoniac on a far beach is real. You are a special lady, Diane. This story was about you. This whole plant was about you. And what God wanted to reveal to you. And the lids and the limitations on your life that he wanted to shatter to tell you that he loves you, that there's more for you, that there's more in this life, and there will be an eternity of life and joy for you. This whole plant was about you. I want to tell you, reach far affects why we do what we do. It affects and changes our value system to one that says it's not what it costs, it's what it's worth. It affects our methods. 
and how we do things, it affects the possibilities. It makes possibilities that were just earthly possibilities now Jesus' possibilities. And it means that the ends of the earth will be our inheritance, not just our cities and our suburbs. Not the limitations that man says. And we will share in the joy that the Father shares every time a son or daughter returns home. And my prayer for us in this series, and my prayer for us at this time, and my prayer for us in your life and the way you view the world, I praise, Father, Spirit of God, teach me to reach like Jesus. I want to reach. It doesn't mean I have to become an evangelist. Tell everyone, Jesus loves you. No, reach. If you bake cakes, bake cakes. And give them away if you can afford to. If you love people, then love them well. If you're good in business, then be great at business and give all the glory to God and sow seeds and raise up entrepreneurs and create jobs in this nation that needs jobs. And if you've got unctions to affect politics, then step up. Step up and make your move so that this nation changes, so that people see Jesus. Why? Because the kingdom of God is always, always advancing.